Welcome to In Other Words, part of Perfect World Network Radio. I am your host of In Other Words, Susan Scher. And my guest this morning, I am so excited, Woody Bradshaw. Woody, welcome. Hey, Susan. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I am really jealous because I know you're at the beach. And that's always yeah, where here. I want to be. I'm down here. My family, my, dad, my mom and dad's place is right on the water, so I get the best oh. view as I get to talk to you. Uh, boy, so. you you are just so charming. <laughs> you haven't missed an opportunity to be charming to me. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so if you're very into country music, then Woody needs no introduction. Woody is an upcoming star in country. I mean, rising really quickly. And you will hear about him because he's not just country, he's kind of crossover. So um, you're on, in on the cutting edge, listeners. Okay, so Woody, you have, in a sense, a typical start for a country singer because you're from the South, right? Because I'm from the South is really not why I'm in country, and I'm not, because I love every genre of music, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I can sing. You know, if I went to Broadway, I would be fine there, or pop music. I think what it is is just uh, the way music is today. You know, the last frontier of melody and good lyric is in country. That is so interesting you say that because that's one of the things. I am not a big country western fan, to be honest with you, but I've listened to it quite a lot because you'd have to understand the radio situation down here in Baltimore or up here in Baltimore from your perspective. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the thing that I've noticed is that the melodies are not predictable. In, in any kind of music, and I'm talking about Broadway, which I love, and jazz standards, I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's where I live. Um, yeah. But, except for Stephen Sondheim, just about any song, or certain patterns that you'll hear, country surprises me. The it's, patterns it's evolving, are... you know, and, it's, mm-hmm. and it, it is different now than it used to be. You know, in a different day, I wouldn't have been in that... I, I couldn't just because of my sound, you know. I think I think Garth Brooks changed it, you know, and he came with a rock show, Good and then point. and Keith Urban yeah. came after that, and I don't think he would have. And then when Keith came, that kind of opened doors for guys like me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's well, yeah, you look you you could be his double. I mean, you couldn't because your faces are completely different shapes. But <laughs> <laughs> I had a nickel every day. I heard a Keith Urban remark, you know, I'd have a fortune. But you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of country artists, and they have that twang, and, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but when it's an affectation, and it's mm-hmm. not truly where you were brought up and how you speak. I mean, it, you know, back in Hank Williams' day, they, they were out from civilization, so they talked like that. And then you have, you have people that are true country fans like that who don't like the new stuff going on, which is really not fair because it is evolving, and, uh, you know, you can't help but evolve as we evolve as society. And... And again, it's, it, you know... It's, Very well put. It's, you have to let the music evolve because the world evolves. Civilization, society evolves. Right, which is not, I guess, in some people's case, that's what they wanted. But in my case, it's, there's a voice, you know, that I have, and not just vocally, but, you know, my writing style, mm-hmm. that you can create your own sound. And, you know, and, and that's what I try to do is bring a fresh, a fresh look at a new 
you know, perspective of the song, like maybe friction, you know, it's kind of a <laughs> for the ladies. We're, we're going to get to that one in a, a little later on, but we're definitely getting to that one. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's been my goal, and even even your, your voice, you want it to sound different than anybody else out there. That I uh, I was lucky enough to find when I first went to Nashville, but I found a vocal coach, and mm-hmm. he's a uh, he was a maestro in New York, and he he basically he. You know, I even said, I said, I don't, don't, don't make me a twanger. And he kind of, he kind of laughed at me, like, bless your heart. <laughs> and he, he basically taught me like an opera singer. My, my teacher will say that. He said, really just, you know, when, you're, when you have all your technique down and you, you get into the lyric, then you can just get out of the way. Then you can yes. just be in the song. You don't have to think about, you know, how you're singing you just yeah then you're, you're there you're locked in you have to know what you're singing what you're saying right. why are you right. singing yeah, yeah. And, and my acting has definitely definitely served me as a singer you know i, I do mm-hmm. bring the drum dramatic parts to it to me a song is like a like a little film it builds and then you have different um flavors to it and and so I, I have a lot of dramatic, big build-ups to these soft endings a lot of times. I don't know if that's just the actor in me, but... Well, but it never comes across as too much. Let's, let's play Friction now. She was a handful The moment that I met her when I tried to buy her drink, she just rolled her eyes. We argued about the Bible, politics and football. She wouldn't give me her number, made me give her mine. I said to myself, I don't like this girl at all. Then I thought, who's kidding who? Man, I hope she calls. She rubs me wrong, but I can't get enough. things heat up, swear she tries to drive me crazy, she's a constant contradiction, but if you want to spark, you got to start with a little friction, when she finally called me, I made a reservation, I was looking on GQ to take her out that night, she was in her leathers, Leaning on a Harley, handed me a helmet, said lose the tie. We hung out all night, I said let's do this again. She pulled me close and whispered, I'll try to fit you in. She rubs me wrong, but I can't get enough. She wears me down, but that's when things heat up. Swear she tries to drive me crazy. Constant contradiction, but if you want to spark, you got to start with a little friction. When we met the folks, my mama shook her head and laughed. She said, Congratulations, son, you finally met your match. She rubs me wrong. Heat up, swear she tries to drive me 
crazy. She's a constant contradiction. But if you want a spark, you gotta start with a little friction. I love that song. First thing I want to say is I apologize to all the men in the world for all the women who are like that. Um, I don't think it's a good thing to do. But one of the things I love about this song, and forgive me, Woody, but you wrote it, it shows how stupid men can be and how easily led around. That's my anthem for the ladies, because that's the reality. We all know it, you know. I just thought I'd be the voice to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, and I appreciate that. Uh, you, you got, men are easy. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I love that um, she, you go from, I'll try to fit you in, to meeting the parents. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> but, I'll try to fit you in. So, so yeah, and then... And then Apparently that, she that did. Bridge, that bridge line is definitely for me. I mean, that's my mom would definitely could hear her saying that to me. I figured that was it, part well, of it. Whoever ends up with me has got their work cut out for them. So. <laughs> well, if there's no challenge, there's no fun. Um, right. So, so that would mean that you are single now, correct? Yes, I am single. Okay. You say that almost sadly. Um, no, the, no, no. It's it's not a bad thing at all. Really out there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and take a look at the pictures, folks. You'll see them on the website. You know everything. I you know I co-write and I write by myself, and and really it's all for me. I'm not writing for other people. You know I'm writing for the what I'm trying to convey, and you know with my story. And, and that really does reflect. You know, I'd had a lot of, um, you know, regret songs like Love Lost. Yeah, and I've experienced those for sure. That was me. You may have to play that sometime. I, I would love to. I really like your music. Now, as a host, I always have to say my guest is wonderful and I love what they're doing. But in this case, I really do. Yay. <laughs> well, no, I really appreciate me. that. That means a lot. And uh, and it's really good, you know. It's there's nothing like getting, just, you know, how much a song affects people and, and the appreciation yes. that they have for something that you created. It's just there's nothing like it. I used to say when I'm on stage, um, that's like me at my best. Yeah, if I could be who I am in, in a song, like if I could be that as a man in, in life in relationships, that'd be awesome. Now, you did not start. You you, st- you always loved music. You grew up with music, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. came from a very musical family. Uh, my mom, her, her family was all musical. And um, and my brother was kind of my first musical hero. He was he's quite a bit older. He's like eight years older than me. Mm-hmm. And he played piano. And he was very Elton John. You know, he could just rip the piano up. And he had a uh. soulful sound. And, you know, it's funny because I was into everything else. So, like, I was an athlete and... You know, and I, and and I had so much confidence, and he was the opposite. He didn't have a lot, and that was his one thing. And mm-hmm. so I used to hear my parents go, "Donnie's our musician." That's my brother's name, and I uh-huh. took that though as an artist would. I took it like, "Oh, I'm not." And 
but really because I didn't put any time in it at that point. But man, I loved it and I listened to it. He he raised me on a great singer songwriters like um, I... James Taylor, Carole mm-hmm. King, and 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 also just great rock bands. And then my mom actually was an English lit teacher, and she would teach. Um, she would take like the Rolling Stones or Chris Christopherson to class and go through those lyrics with her class. Wow. So she was very, very cool teacher. And so she turned yeah. me on to, to, to people like that. And also Jimmy Webb who wrote, um, he kind of made Glenn Campbell's career with, um, which well, yeah. and then well, he also he wrote, um, didn't he write MacArthur Park? MacArthur Park. Yeah. And mm. he's truly probably my big, biggest influence when I, um, when I did transition from as an actor, I saw him at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, and I said, "That's that guy." My mom used to play all that music, and I loved it. And this is again, this was when I was an actor, so I hadn't been bitten yet. And I saw him, and it was like a two by four to my head. It was like, boom! I knew I could do it. Wow! I was so inspired. Yeah, it just changed my life, and and that's the rest of history. I kind of wrote three songs from my head, you know, and found that I had a gift. You know, I had people in New York when I lived there that were songwriters and they said, yeah, you have it, but you know, we can work, you need to learn how to go to a chorus and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so the rest was just kind of, and it was, it was all in there and no one knew it in my whole family. Everybody was just kind of black jawed when they, they're like, where did this come from? <laughs> my brother's like, you took my one thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of our joke when I did this. He's like, you just had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> Take my gift. Yeah. But anyway, so it's been a it's been a wild ride, and um, yeah, Marcus Humman is probably my newer influence. He's Say again. Newer, Marcus Humman is his, his name. He wrote God Bless okay. the Broken Road, which oh, won okay. the Grammy for Rascal Flatts, and um, <laughs> and he's kind of that that school. You know, again, more more feeling, more melodic, and mm-hmm. just great story and a great feeling. So he's probably my newest hero. Now I want to I want to back it up a little. How you, you you were an athlete and everything else growing up, uh, but you could play, I mean instruments, right? Yes. Well, it, yeah. I mean, even that was kind of uh, interesting because I I did take lessons, uh, guitar mm-hmm. lessons, when I was in ninth grade, and and I remembered all that fingering. You know, I remember doing a D, a E. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember all that, and I ended up quitting. And this is so funny when you're young and how silly, silly you can be. But I had sweaty hands. My hands would always sweat. <laughs> and, and I would share the guitar teacher's guitar, and I could see him making a face like, you just destroyed my guitar <sighs> with sweaty hands. And I remember quitting because I thought that. So, That's so strange, the way kids' minds work. Yeah, yeah. But it was really funny because when I did, I was an actor, and going back to that story of Jimmy Webb, after that, after I decided to, to write songs, I was still acting, and um, I was in a class, and I had this scene, and I was playing, it was a Marlon Brando movie, or, and, and anyway, oh, okay. he's a musician in it, and um, this, my scene partner brought this guitar in for me to use as a prop, and she said, my uncle gave me this, if you want it, you can have it. Wow. So it's, it was like a little gift from, you know. Talk and, about and just, fate giving you a signal, and giving I, you a sign. And I took it home, and I, you know, I remembered all this. You know that those lessons. I just remembered I where to go to a D or an E and a G, and and this basically hurt my fingers to the bone until it, you know, became natural. So yes, I yeah. play guitar. <laughs> yeah. 
But you went into acting, which is possibly the hardest career to be successful in. It's definitely one of. And the thing oh, yeah. is, you didn't even pay any dues. You got work right away, didn't you? I was too, I was too ignorant to know any better, <laughs> to, to know how hard it was. <laughs> I really did. I went to New York, and I remember thinking, like, you know, there was a movie camera on me when I, you know, like, you know, like I was mm -hmm. in a movie because you saw mm -hmm. so many films in New York, and it, it, it felt bigger than life. And so some days I felt like, you know, big as a giant, and then the next day you'd feel like, who am I in this, you know, this vast <laughs> world? Because then there's all these people there. So you had all these weird... So it was a, it was a, a weird time, but, but it was very... It was probably my favorite time. I spent two years there, and it, really? because it was so fast-paced, and it, it was like a do-or-die, the energy. Uh -huh. And it just created this motivation in me. And I didn't even look at competition. I didn't think that way. I just, you know, I just knew I was going to do it. And that's I, I that's what it too. is. That's what it is. I'm convinced. I have a friend who starts restaurants, and when they're, once they're up and going, he sells them. And he, this is an industry where 98% failure rate. And he always succeeds. And it, I just don't think it occurs to him that it could be otherwise. And I think that's exactly why he succeeds. And I think that's what you're describing. Yeah. And I had, like I said, some breaks, and, and, and I took them. So you got a manager, and he told you to go out to L.A., right? Right. Well, you have done your homework. <laughs> I do my homework. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I had, uh, that was one of the cool things, is, is when I got screen tested for this soap the first time, I didn't have an agent. That was one mm -hmm. of the cool little things that happened, is I just went, you know, I sent headshots. Uh -huh. to the soap places, and then I'd call them. And then I found out later you're not supposed to do that. Well, see, again, it, <laughs> That's it <worked> right. <laughs> for me. Another rule I shouldn't break, but it worked. Yeah. And then, I, then of course, I, all these agents were like, who is this kid? And, um, uh -huh. and so then I had kind of my pick, and then I, I'd heard this but, man. But wait a minute. Finish, finish, finish the story about uh, the soap opera, the audition. Oh, okay. Well, that was a wild story. Um, yeah, I... You know, I would just call him and I said, you know, my little tagline was, I'm green, but I'm good. And, <laughs> and you know, no one called me except this one finally after weeks and weeks. And she, she was a casting director. She says, you're right for this. You got the right look for this part. And we would like to have you read. And so I was like, yeah, of course. And it was a two-year contract. Actually, I didn't get that one. I, I did a little later. They, they, I came close. They, so I did go in. And I had two, mm -hmm. two screen tests. They couldn't decide on me and this, this blonde guy. So it was mm -hmm. apples and oranges, and they picked him. But they liked me so much, they wrote a role for me to be in wow. with he and the other girl. Like, wow. Like, oh, that, the <laughs> having a role written for you is flat-out amazing when you're an established actor. But yeah, that was, really, that was really cool. Wow, yeah. And, and then... That's when this manager, it was Tom Cruise, this guy that discovered Tom Cruise, mm -hmm. um, had had his eye on me. And, and then he's the one that plucked me out of there, and he said, you're a film star. And, of course, that's what I thought. <laughs> and <laughs> so we went to L.A., and, and that's kind of one of my regrets, is I, I think maybe I had some more learning, you know, on the soap. But, mm -hmm. 
you know, that, that wasn't my dream to do, but it was once I got on there, it was harder than I ever thought it'd be. And, you know, and I, I had success right after I got on that soap, and I had two national commercials I got right the next week, I think, again, because I didn't, I didn't need them because I just got on the soap. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny how things work because you're not desperate. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then but when he took me to, to L.A., it was kind of, you know, it was a, it was a shell shock at first because I, I love New York and L.A. No kidding. was too, too vast for me. It, it was just it's... didn't have the spirit. And that's kind of when it all started to change. I started doing more soul searching and then, you know, I started writing kind of journaling and writing kind of like short stories and psalm type stuff. Mm. And that's when everybody was like, that came out of you? <laughs> you know, I was like, yes. And nice I had, I had confidence in you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's when I just started kind of a change in my path, you know. Okay, I'm going to play another song now. Right. The last, it's called The Last Thing You Do. Yes, this was um, this was my Hang national on. release a few Hang years on. ago, and this song um, almost took me to the top. This song was it was it's it's such a great song because it's universal. People relate to it, and they'll understand why when they hear it. So I'll leave it at that. Saying goodbye Kept my eyes on the road And my fists clenched tight It was all over something That didn't matter at all But I just had to tell her That she was wrong But then her car swerved My life flashed Right before my eyes As I slammed on those brakes A voice whispered inside If the last thing you did was the last thing you do If the last word you said Was the last breath you drew Would you be okay With the way they remember you If the last thing you did Was the last thing you do Had to catch my breath Thank God I was alive Then a thousand regrets ran through my mind Like my son's baseball game that I missed last night All those times of working late, now I wondered why I went leaving this morning with no goodbye kiss I sat there trembling, thinking what if The last thing you did was the last thing
was the last thing you do if the last word you said was the last breath you drew would you be okay with the way they remember you if the last thing you did was the last thing you do the last thing you do Yeah, that that's just wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. It, it, it just hits home, doesn't it? It's one of those where it does. Make, makes you think twice before you leave the house mm-hmm. upset, you know, somebody in your Yeah, life. but but the thing is, here's what I find most remarkable about the song. Every country artist has one like that. And they generally get pretty hokey. But yours yeah. doesn't. Yeah, but yours doesn't for at least two reasons. The first one is the chorus. If the last thing you did was the last thing you do. I mean, it's just so well worded. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And well, this was one actually I didn't write. This was, you know, I have publishing houses who really believe in me. And so I write with their uh-huh. writers and they also pitch to, to me. And these were actually two hit songwriters and that wrote this. And usually, you know, like the Tim McGraws or the Keith Urbans get the best, you know, they get the best of the batch. They call it the top drawer song. Mm-hmm. And somehow no one got this. It was actually <laughs> written in the third person, too. And I almost didn't connect with it because of that. It was, it, mm-hmm. it was me thinking the last thing he did was the last thing. And, and, I, and my manager said, why don't you make that first person try it then? And when, when I did that, it was a whole different song to me. And uh, yeah. that's a true country song. But it, yes. it really it fit me. Because that's the other thing. Is a lot of them still I can't do because they're just too much for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, like you said, hokey or they're just not my style. But this yeah. one so truthful and worth yeah. and and it. yeah it talks about it first of all it doesn't wallow like so many songs of this type do yeah. uh moving on so you were doing okay in la when you went through a, a gestalt and aha moment right? right yes ma'am and and I, I just decided, I just kind of, it was very clear to me, you know, I loved acting, but I was, I was too particular on what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I had done a lot of national commercials out there on TV, but I just was, other than classwork, like doing Hang on one second. I want to just remind everyone you're listening to, in other words, I'm your host, Susan Cher. Okay, so you wanted to keep in it, taking classes and things. Well, I just, I'm, other than other than classes, I mean, I love classes, but I just didn't like the auditioning process, and I didn't like what I was having to go up for. I wanted to start at the top, which I know, of course, everybody does. <laughs> and and you know, and I actually did have a few shots, like it, like like leads to the Friday the Thirteenth. I think it was seven, and you know, and I just didn't want to do. Back then, I was so like purist about. <laughs> I, I was like Redford wouldn't do this, or. <laughs> My dad was, hell yeah, they would, son. When they were young, maybe something. Yeah. Everybody does what they have to when they're starting out. Right. So, but, so anyway, back to where I was 
going with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I loved acting, and I still want to do that. But I just really, you know, I thought I have a new start. I have something I can do really well. And I knew I had, I'd have to go through some stages, like a growing. Because I was down, mm-hmm. I had all my, my stuff down as an actor. But, you know, I was trying to learn guitar. But I knew I could write, and I was going to get better. But I had to, mm-hmm. you know, be my voice. I had to work on that. And, um, you know, but I've, now that's behind me, and I've done all that. And hadn't looked back. Mm-hmm. But it was that Jimmy Webb concert that, really yeah. pushed you over the edge, huh? Right, yeah, I saw him. I mean, in a good and, way. And he couldn't sing. You know, I loved it, too, watching a guy like that, because he wrote the songs, uh-huh. but he's not the singer. You know, he's the, the writer. Right. And um, Like Bob Dylan, sort of. Yeah, yeah, but the way he conveyed that message has mm-hmm. so much more heart than some of the, the stars that he had in singing. And, and so after that, I, I just knew that I wanted to do music. Yeah, and so you did. And so I did. So what was the what was the next step? Well, actually, I took a, a trip to Nashville. There was a a symposium type thing. It was NSAI, which is an organization, and you know it was basically to look at your songs and and I went there with my producer in LA. You know, I'd, I'd had my demos mm-hmm. done in LA, and so we flew there and. Um, and, you know, I got great feedback from the people in, in Nashville. And then we, you know, we toured around the place and kind of fell in love with it. And I just kind of, and I already was thinking about moving. And, again, like I said, there was, to me, that's the only place left where, again, country, where, again, there's melody and a good lyric, you know, a good mm-hmm. story you can tell. And so that was, yeah. and plus I'm closer to home finally. You know, I lived in New York and L.A., <laughs> and my parents are in Florida. And so now I can just drive home. And so that's nice. So I fell in love with my hometown again. Oh, well, that is nice. Uh, we'll, we'll hear this song in, in a, a little bit, uh, the It's Good to Be Home, but you refer to Sugar White Sand. And people generally don't believe that description, but... It's kind of like the way it was told to me was if you poured a box of sugar, Domino's white sugar, onto the beach, you wouldn't know what was sugar and what was sand. It is really identical. No, yeah. no joke. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, it's a phrase we've said all of our life. So it was really cool to put that in a song. And, yeah. and that, was, that was neat. That happened like last year. I was, I was down here doing like a, a Gulf Coast tour. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a photo shoot on the beach, and you know I had my guitar and and I was like, why haven't I I've not written a song yet about Pensacola? It's like <laughs> a given, and because it's so gorgeous, it's such a big part of my life. And anyway, I remember I had four lines of a song I was writing, and I didn't know where I was going with it. It could have been a love song, you know. I just didn't know yet. And then I went home after this photo shoot the first day. And I came home and watched The Eagles had a documentary. It's on Showtime. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? No. And it, it, oh, it's amazing. It's their whole, you know, that whole journey from front to beginning with them and all the drama. But it was so inspiring. And, and um, anyway, after that, I knew I was going to write that song. And I wrote it. I went mm. to the beach for two days to actually bring it on. And I wrote it in two days. And actually, it just wrote itself. Mm. 
it came from elsewhere. Sometimes and, that happens. You're just the scribe. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. And, it, and I had every, you know, I had all the material in me just from living here. That is mm -hmm. one where it's exactly, that is my experience. And it's, well, you know, I, think we, I think we have to listen to that song now. Well, that would be great. Sometimes I find myself just running In search of what I hope I'll find Losing sight of what's around me Missing out on just living life That's when I go back down to where I'm from Where the salty breeze fills up the air yeah, the sunny beach of Pensacola melts away all my cares. With each wave that rolls in, I'm breathing it out. Sink my toes in that sugar white sand. Watch the seagulls fly in the clear blue sky. It's heaven on earth, don't you know?
one thing I love is the nod to Billy Joel in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in case you didn't catch it, it's, uh, he says, I've been in a New York state. I've been here, I've been there, I've been in a New York state of mind. I, it kind of made me wonder what else I missed. Did you put any other things like that in there? Well, just uh, in the London, Rome, and Paris, and I threw the little accordion, you know, for a little Parisian feel. And then, yeah, the little Billy Joel lick after New York State of Mind. And, yeah, I arranged this song. This one I really had total control in. When I, I pretty much arranged the whole, and that mm. breakdown at the end, the big buildup. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just so proud of that song because it, it's very, you know, it's so, so specific to hear, yet I feel like that's mm -hmm. a single. You know, I think that's a, if I released it. So it's on iTunes. I mean, matter of fact, all my stuff, like my Lightning in a Bottle album, you can go to iTunes and, and just look. My Lightning in a Bottle album is all in there, so you can get whatever song from that, as well as uh, It's Good to Be Home is out there, too. And, uh, and again, it's Woody Bradshaw, spelled exactly like it sounds. Bradshaw. Woody, yeah. like Woody Woodpecker and Terry Bradshaw. Woody Bradshaw. I, I gotta ask you this real quick. I'll probably edit this out, but being a hunk in a soap, how did you live down the nickname Woody? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this is this is telling. Here's here's this is going to show you how naive I was. Uh huh. All my life growing up, you know, people would giggle at my name, uh -huh. and I always thought it was because of things like Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker, uh, yeah. With comical things, I didn't know any kind of. I had no idea. I was like, how did everybody else know this, but, but me? There was some association with something else. And, because you were a little kid. And I didn't. Yeah, and I, but I'm saying I didn't know that even until my teens, like late teens, maybe maybe college. I didn't know until my twenties. Because uh, <laughs> I was yeah. Because I guess I was so used to, and I, and I never understood why people. They were like, "Is this your real name?" And I was like, <laughs> and I was given that name. I, I know it's usually a nickname, but. My granddaddy's oh. name was Woody, and he spelled it differently. His was I-E, and mm -hmm. I have an aunt, Woody, believe it or not. Interesting. And he spells it Y-E, and then I'm Y. I bragged, like, I said, yeah, Grandy's Big Woody, Aunt Woody's Little, and I'm Little Bitty Woody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy, you stopped saying that after a while. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so yeah. Okay, so anyway, now... Uh, Pensacola, there's a campaign to make this their state city song, isn't it? Well, well, what we're trying to do, we're we're pushing it. We, uh, you know, I wrote this, and people are just they love it, and and it is so specific, and it's such an anthem. And uh, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do, we came with a proposal that we're we're looking at some people like the the heavyweights here in town to to do that. You know, like shoot a video, have me star in it, and you know, do jingles, put in the mm -hmm. airport, um, you know, TV, whatever. And yeah. I'll lend, I want to lend myself to it as much as possible just because I love it here and and I, it, it's perfect for it. Oh, by the way, the reason I asked much earlier if, if you were um, involved or single is because of the touring. Because you do a lot of touring, don't you? we got some things planned now that things are going to start getting busy for me. And I like what? What's coming up? Again, that, that, that machine will be in motion and I'll be touring more. Now, what we can tell people now, we can tell them the uh, address. It's 
you can go to woodybradshaw.com. And isn't there a link on that to your online press kit? Um, the media kit? Yeah, media kit. I, I think so. I think so. I, I, I'll have to check on that. And listeners, they, that information, the site for the press kit, uh, the media kit, will be on the website, on the radio website as you're listening to this. But if you go to woodybradshaw.com, you will at least have the link. And, and you'll also have uh, your upcoming stuff, won't you? Right. Yeah, you can go to my, my website for dates that I'm playing, or you can buy you know, the songs of iTunes off there, at least it's good to be home, as I know is on there. And then also, mm -hmm. please like my music Facebook page. Right. And, and follow me on Twitter. What and is your Twitter? What, what's your Twitter sign? It's just, uh, it's, it's at Woody Bradshaw, is that right? So I forget how I guess. I, I've never really have, mastered Twitter. Susan, I have people do that for me. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I need people. I don't know the particular yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, but yeah, they, it's easy to find. Just look Woody Bradshaw. I don't think there's very many. Yeah, probably not. Now, I, I heard you mention something about a contest. Can yeah. you tell me a little yeah. about that? Yeah, I'm gonna, my brother entered me in this contest. It's called Artist Signal. And it's Artist Signal. And if you download the Artist Signal app, it's a free app. Um, you can vote every hour, and right now I'm, I'm, I've been in it a couple of months, and I'm already at number eight this month. And I'll, I won't probably win it this month, but next month or the next, it's definitely probably going to happen if I get more voters. And you can mm -hmm. refer your friends, and then you can double vote. It's a, it's a, it's a real popularity contest, is what this one is. <laughs> so, I mean, it's artist quality over quality. <laughs> As well. There's always some deciding factor. So what, um, and, you know, the public speaks. What is it, artist what? It's artist signal. So please go to artist signal, on, on, download that on your, your smartphone, and then you can vote every hour for Woody Bradshaw. And also my music is on there, too, so you can check that out. And there, oh, there, there you are, go. There are rewards if you vote, you know, so many times. And I actually have some of my old stuff, you know, before oh. I was even called Woody Music, you know, before I was really in this genre, we're country genre we're talking about. So it's more of the real deeper stuff, so I'm proud of it, but uh, I never thought I'd really put it out there, so it's kind of, it's neat. Cool. I think they'll like it. <laughs> All right, good. I, I'm going to check it out um, after I get off air. So the, like, friction, like, you know, when you, you're given attitude, and it's cowboy, and it's just being... Mm -hmm. you know, kind of cool, or if it's, you know, flirty or whatever. Uh, and then the next moment you're in this ballad where you're, you know, pouring your heart out. Yeah. So it's, 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 again, it's another outlet for me to be on stage, like as an actor in a way. So what's next? Are you going to stay with the music? Are you going to go back to acting? Are you going to become such a big star that you can do both? What? Well, that's, my, <laughs> that's my hope. It's the last one. <laughs> that's what I'm shooting for. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, I, it's not about going back to acting. This, the music is my... It is acting, yes. Where, it, it is. Where it, take, where it takes me, yeah, that I, if I get the opportunities, once I get at a certain place in my music, then so be it. I'd, I'd love that. And, um, and that is my heart's desire to do both. So. Yeah, because the thing is, 
yes, it's truly acting when you do the song right, like the way you do. But um, it, you don't have the interaction that yeah. you have in a scene. Yeah. yeah. And that's really kind it, of magical. Yeah, and there's nothing like that. Like just, you know, back and forth with somebody that's really pushes you to even go to the next yeah. level, you know. Yeah. Love it. And I love, I, love I love working with actors, you know, who are really seasoned where, you know, it just makes you better. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. And, and that goes for writers, too, as, as far as music. Mm -hmm. I love that because you keep stretching and growing. And, yeah. and that's what, like, Gerald, my voice teacher I was telling you about, I mm -hmm. call him my Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and uh, he is. He's, he's like a relative now. He's like a family, like an uncle. And, mm. and he's just so this wise man, and he's just... And I've really learned. I used to, I mean, I'd been to voice teachers before, and I thought, I'm, I'm not getting anything. I don't think they really know. I, all I got was, you know, I had um, things to warm up with. That's all I could remember from those people. But this guy wow. changed my life. And, you know, and it is like a, and even singing, like just spiritually, like you were talking about, you know, like that, that's almost a form of prayer. If I don't do that every day. Yes. There's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's become more like a, that kind of a thing, like a prayer or doing something, a ritual every day. So with Gerald, what I was saying that for a reason, um, brought him up again. He changed your uh, life. Yeah, it changed my life, but I, I went to that too for another reason. I'm just getting, we're, we're, I'm forgetting we're doing a show right now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That happens with me. Get that happens with a lot of my guests. Yeah. You're very good, um, by the way, and you got a great, you. great speaking voice too. Thank you. I'm not editing this part out either. I'm keeping this in. <laughs> um, a couple of things I want to ask you. You've played with, even if you are not a household name yet, you've played with household names, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. In music, give us you mean? a couple. Yeah. Yeah, I have in, in both, in acting and music. Oh, um, let's hear it. Well, actually, um, uh, what's his name? Breaking Bad. Uh, Brian, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yes, Cranston. that's right. He was, he was on the soap with me. Right. And and I remember thinking, <laughs> this is the, this is the cocky young actor. Because uh -huh. I remember thinking, you know, I could see these guys were really good, and I thought that, None of these people are going to go anywhere else. This is all I've ever going to do. <laughs> and I know I'm going to reach the stars. You know, I remember thinking that. And he was oh, I so got nice. him. He, he was what? He was so nice. He was the most generous guy. I remember, you know, we'd, we'd see each other on corners going for mm -hmm. auditions, and, and he'd give me advice. And, and, but I never oh. thought he'd be, you know, have much of a career. And then I saw him on Seinfeld. He's very funny. Then he was on King of Queens. <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, he's this huge star, Breaking Bad. He was on Malcolm yeah. in the Middle, too. Yeah, right. So, anyway, that's kind of funny. So tell me, to tell me what country stars you've uh, been on the stage with. Well, I've, um, let's see, I've opened for a guy named Daryl Singletary. He was pretty big about 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. uh, Craig Morgan, real nice guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Tippin is one I did down here in Florida when I had my record deal in front of 10,000 people at the Naval Air Station, which was awesome. That was wow. a great concert. Um, well, you have another of, concert coming up down there. You, you have another concert coming up down there yes, real soon, I have, a, I have a, a festival. I'm headlining a festival this weekend here. It's called Beulah, Beulah Fest, Beulah Family Sunday, actually. 
And um, I take mm-hmm. the stage at 1 o'clock this weekend, Saturday. And uh, it's actually for a mm-hmm. charity. They're, they're raising money for the school there. And they expect about two to 3,000 people. Okay. But if you're in the area, if you happen to be for a road trip from <laughs> Maryland, <laughs> come on down and see me. Yeah, Pensacola, yeah. Okay. So I want to – one thing, I love asking this question. And although I don't know it applies if it applies to you because you were successful so quickly, usually – Struggling actors and musicians go through a whole series of really weird jobs just to, just to stay alive. Did you do any oh, yeah. of that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I have an embarrassing one, kind of. But I'll, I'll, I'll I hear that. Let's, let's tell us. The one good one was I, was I became a tennis pro. I, I had a scholarship in college to, I mean, from high school to go to college for tennis. And then I ended up becoming a certified mm-hmm. pro in L.A. to support my acting habit and also my music. And um, Wow, that and is a good one. That's yeah, that a was, really good one, tennis pro. That, that was a pretty good one because was, I was teaching, yeah. as I say, I was teaching Desperate Housewives. It was, <laughs> it was a <laughs> fun time, but not like that. It was like... You know, it was just, I was teaching beginning. You weren't that kind of tennis teacher. Okay. No, 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 no. But they were, you know, it was, it was, it was good. No, and, no, you know, I've, uh-uh. I never Stop. I, do I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't care about them. I want to hear about the embarrassing one. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. I thought I'd make you forget. <laughs> okay. Well, when I was You brought it up. <laughs> I first moved to Nashville. I thought I got to, you know, I got to get some, just a job job. And, um. So anyway, I, I went to this multimedia thing, and I thought, I've done this stuff. I don't want to do that. The guy says, you know what? You kind of want easy money. He says, my brother-in-law has this, this business called Odor Wrangler. <laughs> and so anyway, he says, it's quick cash. But basically what it was is it's a fogging machine. You, you know, you go to use car lots, and you'd uh, mm-hmm. go there weekly, and you'd stick this fog machine in. It took smoke smell out. And, um, you know, and it was, it was easy money, but it was funny. I got all kinds of nicknames from Odor Wrangler. So, and that was one of those things, right? And I even said, I said, Woody, this is a good experience for you. Don't pull out the, hey, do you know who I am? I was on a soap. <laughs> I said, just take it. And it was good. It kind of made me, kind of grounded me. And, you know. Made you humble, huh? Yeah, it was a humbling thing. And then all of a sudden, then you realize you're just, you know, one of the guys and, which I am. We're all the same uh-huh. in that sense. And uh, so it was good, I think, for especially the, the uh, genre I'm in, uh, country, because country fans are so loyal. And they are. They're just down there. They are. And, and if they you're not, are. if you're not, then they're going to smell it, you know. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of my biggest um, things I love. I mean, I love after shows. I love meeting people, you know, and this was a concert. It was 45,000 people, and they had, like, four country, you know, major acts in country. Mm-hmm. And I was the opening because I was new, and the opening act is acoustic, just me and mm-hmm. my guitar player. And I remember everybody saying, you know what, that's too bad you don't get to take your band. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm going to own that thing. <laughs> so it was really, it was a challenge because, I mean, me and this guy played, and that's, you know, I, I already just, mm-hmm. I thought I'd been building up my career already just doing acoustic. 
and we had that pretty polished. And anyway, I went out there, and this also happened to be the other place I lived for eight years of my life was Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And it was right down the street from where I lived. It was Long's Park, and this was like a 17-year um, festival. And um, you know, like everybody who was open, like Keith Urban, opened there, Brad Paisley, Taylor Swift, and they all had mm-hmm. to do what I did acoustically. Well, after the show, it was like I signed longer. They said longer than any other act ever. It wasn't just the wow. And so it was. It was a happening, you know. And you could see this thing, this line winding over the hill where you couldn't see it. And wow. I remember thinking, um, if I was thinking, if I had got made it too young, I'd have been like, yeah, of course. So I remember my dad being there, and mm-hmm. he was just beaming. He was beaming, and uh. I. It kind of kind of chokes me up he because he was he was so proud and then i just thought this is what it's all about that's one thing i really like is meeting the people and it's uh, great anyway anyway um this i have been having so much fun but we are coming up on the end now is there anything you want to leave us with any gem or have you said pretty much what you want to say um well i just want i Thank you all for listening, and please, yes, be looking out for me, and, and like I said, just uh, follow me on Twitter and and even my normal Facebook if you want to get on there and like my music Facebook page. And Please do that. Check out my website so you know where I'm going to be. Um, come to my, my shows and stuff and, and get to meet you. And again, it's Woody Bradshaw. That's his Twitter name. You can find him on Facebook and LinkedIn. And his website is woodybradshaw.com. You have been listening to, in other words, part of Perfect World Network Radio. You can find us at pwnradio.net. You can find me, your host, Susan Scher, and my editing and writing business at inotherwordsgroup.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye. In other words. In other words.